Welcome to Recognize Your Truth. I am your host, Lisa Williams. This is the podcast that offers motivation and inspiration to act, speak, and think in ways that make a positive impact on your life. Each week, we bring you a message or a guest that give you tools to live up to your full potential. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining me. I am interviewing Karen Salinas today, and she is a health and wellness coach, and she is going to share a little bit about her journey and how she got to be where she is and what um, she what it took on her mindset shift to get to where she was, and she has a powerful story to share with us. So welcome, Karen, to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. So um, I think the first thing is I would like for you to just share with my audience um, a little bit of, of history and background about you, yourself, and, and a little bit about your business, if you don't mind. Sure. I uh, recently retired from 30 years in higher education, and as I was finishing up, I made a pretty big pivot to become a certified health and wellness coach and start my own business called Rebalance Wellbeing. And it turns out that actually this work that I'm doing now really is like a golden thread through all of my life experience, professional experience, uh, and just who I am as a person. So it's, uh, it's an incredibly exciting time for me. Uh, definitely uh, your typical retirement that you think of, I've had none of that. Um, but it's also been by chance because I'm, I'm just so passionate about helping uh, really busy women, moms, uh, try and take better care of themselves so they have the chance of decreasing the risk of chronic illness. That's been uh, a theme through my life. And I want to help women, um, I want to help them start to put themselves first, their dreams, their goals, their priorities, and not um, that of everyone else, which is what I did. I'm a mom of three and now a stepmom to four. So my husband and I uh, say that we collect seven children. I've started calling them a gaggle. I don't know if that's (laughs) accurate or if they like it, but that's what I call them. Uh, The youngest one is 21. So we've moved on to the joys actually of having adult children that are building their own lives uh, to get to this place of, of being a, a stepmom, I uh, went through a really devastating divorce uh, after 20 years of marriage. And um, definitely my, I would say, it's not even darkest hour, darkest years, I call them the dark years. But lots of amazing things have come out of that. And um Part of what's also happened moving through all of that is that I've finally gotten well from Lyme disease, uh, the, the, the chronic stress I was suffering um, through, 
through the divorce made it very difficult to heal. And um, I have healed. And, you know, so now my, my mind, body and, and heart are in much better place. I love hearing that you um, are no longer suffering from Lyme disease. Um, I'd like to kind of dive in a little bit, Karen, about your divorce. You say it was devastating. Can you kind of share a little bit about the dark hours and then what you have done, what steps you have done or taken to get yourself well and to get yourself healed and, and in a better mindset? Sure. So, um, you know, I, I was definitely someone who got married for life, uh, not for any other reason than I wanted, you know, a lifelong uh, relationship. I wanted to build an amazing family. And even though the marriage itself wasn't always easy, it, it wasn't also horrible at all. And... So I was just basically all in and I, you know, I, uh, things started to fall apart maybe within like a, a 12 month period of time. Um, but then, you know, we committed to counseling, we committed to trying to what I thought were, you know, steps we needed to take to make us both happier in our marriage. And I thought, I thought we were on the right pathway. And then all of a sudden, it just completely imploded. And um, it was so sudden that, I mean, sudden to the point of uh, for a very long time, my husband just didn't even come home to get his stuff. Um, I, I just felt like he kind of died, but he hadn't. And obviously for my children's sake, I'm glad that was not the case. Um, but it was, um, it just felt very sudden, very different. All of a sudden I was, was in a life that I never imagined. And, um, the world for at least a few months literally looked different to me. And um, I think in hindsight, which also means um, through a lot of therapy, through a lot of support from very loving family and friends, I think one of the greatest um, impacts of all of that was that I had always been really afraid of abandonment. And I think, you know, that's a, a common fear for a lot of us. And to just all of a sudden no longer have a partner and the person that I trusted the most in the world, you know, you fill in all the blanks about what you want or hope for a good marriage. And to have that just evaporate um, was, was really devastating. However, what started to happen was the acknowledgement of, oh, gosh, the thing, one of the things that I thought I couldn't possibly survive, here I am, I'm surviving it. And while maybe one person and a very important person abandoned me, there are all these other people who didn't. And that was really powerful. And 
part of the way that's changed things for me is when you have something that you think is, you know, just so horrible and you can't imagine it happening and then it does, um, you, uh, other things begin to not be quite so scary because you kind of feel like, well, that really bad thing happened, but I'm still here. I'm still doing what I need to be doing. I'm still parenting all of those things. So it really recalibrates what you're afraid of, um, which is also very freeing. Um, so I, uh, as I mentioned, I had a lot of <laughs> paid professionals and um, friends and family that really rallied around us. Was really fortunate that I just somehow knew that I had to keep myself and my kids, who were about 16, 14, and 12 at the time, I needed to keep us all on track. Um, my oldest, one of his first concerns was, I, I think, you know, will I, will I finish high school? And I was able to say to him, you know, you will graduate from the high school you are in. You will go to college. Your life is, is going to be as you imagined it to be. And so the four of us just really kept on track, not to say there weren't some little detours or things that, you know, happen with teenagers, but, um, I, I'm very grateful that I was a single parent. Um, uh, it really, it you know, it, it helped me tremendously, even though it was a lot of work. So another thing that really, really helped me was to focus on gratitude, which might seem kind of counterintuitive when you're kind of in your, your darkest time, but I found that no matter how I was feeling, if I could just go back to this short list in my, my head of what I was grateful for, you know, my kids, the fact that I had a job, um, my family, my brother, all of that, that it, it made me feel better. But what also started to happen was the more that I did it, the more I was training my brain so that I didn't even, it got to the point where I didn't even have to consciously think about, oh gosh, what am I grateful for? You know, quick, quick, think of something. It just automatically started to happen. I could just immediately go to that, that short but very important list. And that would prevent me from kind of, you know, spiraling or getting sucked into some of the, the negative emotions that I was focusing on or that were occurring. And kind of interestingly to me, um, uh, I did, uh, obviously I remarried, I'm very happily remarried, a, a much better uh, relationship for me. But it turns out that my, my husband is also a very grateful person himself. And so it is just part of our relationship to express gratitude. And I think it just, it, it adds not only to our relationship, but it adds to um, those that spend time with us. I love that you talk about gratitude and, and that was gonna be a question for me 
to you was, you know, besides therapy and surrounding yourself with family and friends and support, how else did you get through it? And, and you obviously already answered that was with gratitude. So did you keep a journal or did you write something down or was it just a place that you meditated on? You know, what, what kept you, what, what tools did you use to keep in gratitude? Right. Well, so I really did have kind of this short list in my head, always available. But another thing I did um, was I I wrote uh, this, I did actually write a list of um, things that I uh, knew for sure. So um, if anybody remembers, Oprah kind of had a feature in, or, or maybe she still does, you know, what I know for sure. And so I made a list of all the things that related to me as a person, um, as a mom, as a worker, as a friend, um, achievements that I had. I think it was a you know piece of notebook paper, kind of front and back, and I literally folded it up and put it in my wallet and kept it with me and pulled it out if I needed... Um, I needed a bit of a boost. Wow, I love that. Um, and, and it's just something that you carried with you all the time. So that's awesome. Um, will you share a little bit? You mentioned your, you know, you, you got remarried and that both you and your husband, you know, live in gratitude. Maybe just share a little bit about your relationship and, and what y'all do to stay in gratitude. You know, do you um, affirm each other? Do you, you know, just kind of give me, give our audience some tips or some tricks on, on what you do in your relationship? Sure. Well, I will say first, um, you know, we both were, were coming out of marriages that didn't, um, weren't really successful for one reason or another. And so we had a good sense, think of, um, what we wanted in a relationship and, and even early on talked about things like, you know, what happens when you get angry or how do you argue or um, some of those things that when you're younger and in a relationship, you, you don't know as much about. So we were able to, I'd say know pretty confidently that we have a, you know, a calm and peaceful relationship and, and home. And that's really important to both of us. Um, and so we, we have no desire to kind of be riding the, the roller coaster of, of what I'll just say, you know, passion highs and lows of emotions. And for some people, I, I think that works, but it doesn't work for us. So we, we kind of start, from that as a, as a basis. Um, another thing that really um, I think makes a big difference is we both really value, we, we really value each other as parents and that's, that's huge, family is huge. It makes it really easy for us to make decisions. Um, the, the gratitude piece really just kind of comes easily uh, it's, it's not unusual for someone to say, you know, just really happy that worked out that way, you know, makes me, makes me feel good or, or hopeful, whatever the case may be. But it's interesting you asked about affirmation. Um, 
we, I think from my, my previous, compared to my previous marriage, we are just so much better at being able to say, thank you for doing that. Even the smallest, you know, take out the trash, go to the grocery store, whatever it is. And I just remember from my first marriage, and I think particularly when you're, you're raising young kids, it's just, you know, it's a very, very full and demanding time. Um, there's much more struggle in terms of who's helping and, and helping enough and acknowledging and, and all of that. And now I think we're, we're a little wiser and uh, we also have a little more probably emotional space to, to extend affirmation to one another, but um, we're, we're not quite at the thank you for saying thank you, but we're close. <laughs> um, do you think that also comes from you um, having to raise your children by yourself without assistance from their father? And so um, knowing the struggles that you went through, you know, being a single mom and raising, raising kids on your own where you didn't have any assistance, do you think when you do have assistance, and I'm not talking, I know your kids are adults now, but just when, when you guys are sharing things, household chores or whatever it is, that you're so much more appreciative because you didn't have it for a period of time. I, th I think that there probably is some of that. Um, and just um, when you have a partner who is, um, well, one, capable of, you know, basically taking care of or, or running his or her own life. Um, you also then, you just, you feel taken care of a little better. And I don't, I, I don't mean that in terms of a, a power difference, just, a, um, you know, extending care to someone sure. that you love. And um, it's, uh, I will also say uh, uh, and, and maybe this really does get get at your question. It is much easier, at least it is for me, to offer help and support and all of that when I feel very sure that the time will come where that will be extended right back to me. And um, that that give and take and the the confidence in that makes a huge difference. It, it's. Um it's not tit for tat. It's more of, you know, you give because your heart is full and then in giving, you also are receiving. Yes. And, and then that you also, you're doing it from a place of, of trust, trust that, um, gosh, well, you know, trust in the other person that this is something that's needed and will help and will contribute to the strength of the relationship. Trust that you will be able to actually do or choose something that will provide that help or that service. I think, you know, sometimes we, we are obviously trying, but for whatever reason, maybe we're not hitting the mark. But when you feel sure in your ability to give and that what you're giving will be valued. That's, that's pretty significant. I agree. Um, 
I want to touch a little bit about your Lyme disease. And, you know, you mentioned that you, it, it was very, very hard when you were going through the divorce. What, what steps did you take to take care of yourself and, and how did you come to, to being, you know, cured of it? Right. So, um, I, I treated it. Well, first of all, I, it was about 18 months before I was diagnosed. Um, the, the symptoms were at least at that time, they weren't, um, connected to Lyme disease at all. And actually, I had one doctor who had prescribed the highest dosage of a antidepressant, thinking that I was just a stressed out working mom of three kids. And while I was a stressed out mom of working, you know, with three kids, that um, that wasn't the the root cause. And um, that I will say that time when I was on the, the highest dosage was the first time I didn't really have a to-do list in my head. And I thought that was really amazing. Um, but that's not, not real life for um, uh, working women and moms. Uh, so I ended up going to a different doctor, getting it diagnosed. I think the first time around I did six months of antibiotics and really thought that it was um, gone and it, it in fact may have been. I was, my thinking was I was left with some residual issues such as fibromyalgia, thyroid, um, possibly some blood pressure things. It's, it's a little hard to know what in my current um, health, which is you know, uh, it's really good and allows me to do everything I want to do. Um, you know, what of that is, is aging or genetics or what is a carryover from the damage of the Lyme disease? But for about six years, I was managing, um, you know, I was managing how I was feeling with, uh, some supplements, consistent exercise, um, possibly some prescription. I, I do think I was treating uh, hypothyroidism at that time. And then when things started to fall apart uh, in my marriage and the stress really ramped up, um, the Lyme disease reemerged. That's how I talk about it. I don't, it's possible, I guess I could have gotten infected a second time. Um, but it, it feels like it was more likely that the stress just really brought it all back. And, um, I did a few rounds fairly long of IV antibiotics, which is, is a controversial um, thing to do. Hard to know if it was exactly the best thing to do, but I did get to the point where I, you know, felt much, much better and without them. And then, um, you know, for me, clearly, my relationship with um, my husband now was also a huge healing um, part. First of all, he he saw me um, at some of my worst in terms of energy level and and you know just feeling 
feeling sick and, and not good. And he was, a, he is a very good caretaker. That was a, a really nice surprise. And um, I just think through the, the medical side of it, but then also just, you know, ending up with a partner that um, could depend upon 100%. Sure. Um, really, it, I mean, he helped heal me as well. I, I think that's wonderful that you are able to share that um, that connection with him and, mm-hmm. and getting through that. Um, tell me a little bit about your health and wellness business and, and what you do now. Right. So as I mentioned, the name is Rebalance Wellbeing. And I really want to work with uh, busy women who risk chronic illness themselves because they always put themselves last. And, um, you know, the fact that I chose and then that my family came to depend upon kind of my doing all the things for them, that's not what ultimately made me sick, right? I mean, I did have an an infected tick land on me and all of that, but there were a lot of things about um, the way our family was structured and Quite honestly, that means the way I structured it. So I was just willing to do whatever anybody uh, needed. And, and uh, you know, from my own childhood, I'm a people pleaser. And so I, and I, I take great pleasure in serving others. And so that's what I did. And that was not the best choice when I was trying to recover from, you know, such a a serious um, infection. And, uh, you know, hindsight's 2020, but um, I I should have asked for more help. I asked for some and it wasn't always delivered and that makes it tricky to continue to ask, but I could have certainly asked for more help from my children. And uh, I just continued to want to have everybody be happy. Um, so maybe so that, I'm sorry, lost in that train of thought. But so those are the women that I want to work with. I want to work with women who either um, know that they have those tendencies and don't want to go down that road, or maybe they are on that road and they just know uh, you know, in their gut, uh, the, vo- the little voice in their head that, that the pace they have and the way they're trying to serve everyone else, it's not, it's not sustainable. And I, you know, I think I want more women to know that it is okay if your house is not perfectly clean. It is better that you get some rest. It is better that you have some laughs and fun times with your your kids or your partner. Um, So I want to help kind of help women who are interested shed some of those limiting beliefs and be able to take better care of themselves so that they 
not only show up for everybody else in their, their life that's really important to them, but so they show up for themselves and um, that they feel some confidence in their ability to intentionally choose the things, most of the things they want in their life. So would you mind sharing like maybe one or two tips or tricks that you would um, share with with one of your clients on um, what they can do to take care of themselves? Sure. So um, so I I, uh, approach all of this from a a holistic uh, standpoint. So I, I like to think of the mind, the body and the spirit and uh, the, the, from a mental standpoint, one of the things that I'm really interested in and, and focused on is how to change our, our mindset around stress from um, kind of this idea of all stress is bad, we should have no stress and that, that you know, we should just be constantly managing it so we have as little of it as possible. It turns out that in in terms of our ability to kind of perform at our peak level, we actually need a certain amount of stress in order to hit that peak place. And when we when we don't have enough stress, that that can be uh, boredom, you know, uh, lack of engagement, and we don't tend to perform as well. So we need some of that stress to get us to um, that really peak point. And then um, we want to we need to know what to do if we kind of boil over uh, down the other side into imbalance or um, just, you know, real distress. So I want to um, really want to help women get a better handle on their stress and, and how they can cope and be a little more resilient for the, the body. um, One of my, biggest things that I really think is a non-negotiable is getting enough sleep. And I I know particularly if you have very, very young children, that is really, really hard. I I lived it and I know my my suggestion would be to um, do some things like, you know, if you can't get into bed early every night, that's that's you know too Create an expectation. Try maybe Thursday nights, kind of you know midpoint in the week. Maybe just try and focus one night, get into bed earlier, get to sleep earlier. Also, really suggest prioritizing some downtime on the weekends. And uh, again, I, I know that that's challenging, but it, but it is a choice to be able to do that. And. Um, Everybody having a little bit of quiet time in the house, you know, even after kids are no longer napping, everybody to have a you know thirty minute downtime, something like that, that benefits everyone, and that begins to teach your your children about um, just kind of uh, calming down and chilling out and and rejuvenating. Um, I I agree. I think rest and and downtime especially in this day and age where we think we've just got to keep going and going and going 
um, is right. so important. Uh, one of the things I know that I did when and when my children were younger is when it was their bedtime, we turned off electronics. I mean, they didn't grow up, you know, with iPhones and iPads in their hands until they were a little bit older. But we turned off, you know, televisions, radios. We turned the lights down. We lowered our voices, you know, just kind of got that calming feeling going on. And just, you know, even today, you know, me, myself, I go around and dim the lights and, and turn things off just to kind of start that, that wind down time. That, um, that sounds amazing. And when you think about it, how simple to just dim the lights. Yes. Yeah. Um, It makes a huge difference. Right. And then there's one more thing that uh, I kind of add to this taking better care of yourself, which is uh, to focus on a lot of the, the science that we know about happiness and what it is that really makes us happy and various practices that we can, can implement that are not uh, super hard or demanding and that we can, we can really retrain our brains to, to look at the world differently and to feel differently in it. And, you know, all of these things that we've just talked about, it, it comes down to trying to be intentional and, and make some choices about what's in your life and something that you have to do periodically. It's not a one and done. Um, and I, I think from my own experience, um, I, I wish looking back, I was a little more intentional. Uh, I think I just put my head down and, you know, get it done for years that didn't contribute you know, to my, my health, my well-being. Um, but you kind of feel like you're on autopilot. And um, I, I just, I, I would wish for women to not, you know, all of a sudden kind of wake up, so to speak, once they've launched their kids out of the house. There's, there's a lot that you can do for yourself before, you know, they're no longer in the house. I love that you mentioned living intentionally because I felt the same way. There were many, many years that I lived um, with my head in the sand or unaware. And so my goal every single day is to start it with intention. So I love that you mentioned, you know, being intentional. Um, Karen, I want to acknowledge you for sharing with us and being so vulnerable and, and, you know, walking through some of the the hard parts of your story with your divorce and your Lyme disease and raising your children. But I love where you are now with, um, you know, happily remarried and seven grown adult children combined, your gaggle. And it it just, I love all the things that you shared about um, intentionality and mind, body and spirit. And Tell us how, how we could um, support you, where we could find you, and how we could get a hold of you. Sure. So my website is rebalancewellbeing.com. I am on Facebook at Rebalance Well, 
And I also have a Facebook group, um, Working Moms Who Thrive, who I'd love to have anybody uh, who's interested join. I'm on Instagram at uh, Rebalance Wellbeing. And then uh, for anybody in your audience who, who might be interested, I have a self-care quiz that kind of that indicates you know where you need the most help right now uh, and after you take the quiz you receive a customized guide from me that has some simple strategies to help you start taking care or better care of yourself immediately wow um so i will put all of that in the show notes so that people can get a hold of you when um when this goes live and again, I just want to thank you for um, being real and being vulnerable and coming on my podcast. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. So there you have it, our interview with Karen Salinas. And please go take advantage of her quiz on her website, which will be linked in the show notes. And have a great weekend and happy Friday. Music is Genuine by Julio Ortiz, and his information will also be linked in the show notes.